0: Hey everybody, thank you for pressing play on YI Coach from Strivesports.com. Before we get into the podcast, thank you to Truck Center Companies, Cornerstone Bank, and Region 5 Systems, proudly bringing you this podcast. Hey, Husker fans, Matt Hoskinson here for Truck Center Companies. At Truck Center Companies, we sell Freightliner and Western Star trucks, the market-leading trucks on the road, and we're constantly improving our performance to offer our customers the best experience possible. As part of our elite support initiative, driver comfort and customer amenities are emphasized at all of our eight locations throughout Nebraska, Kansas, and Iowa. We'll make you feel at home. If it has to do with trucks, we've got you covered, including body shops at our Omaha, Lincoln, and Wichita locations. Truck drivers are the lifeblood of America, and you deserve the best. Come to Truck Center Companies and keep your drive alive. Hey everybody, welcome to the second episode of the second season of Why I Coach here on StriveSports.com. My name is Eric Colgate, by the way, in case you haven't uh, met me yet at a game or you've just been listening to the podcast and not really known who's doing the interviewing. Well, that's me. I'm Eric. Uh, this week, our guest is Carney High football coach Brandon Cool. Coach Cool has a a fun story uh, going back to his days at Aurora High School when he's playing uh, into the college ranks, and now what he has learned from small-town Nebraska to the Class A ranks. uh, It's still about blocking and tackling and running and catching and throwing, uh, but football isn't that much different whether you're in Kearney or you're in Stapleton. It's a lot of fun to hear all of the stories that Coach Cool has, and you get a nice insight into his program as well. What does it mean to be a Bearcat? And something that we're going to have to figure out how to be able to show this to some people, I think, in some way, shape, or form, what the bus ride from Kearney High, either the new building or the old building, to Cope Stadium at UNK, where the Bearcats play their home football games, what is that bus ride like? especially the last couple of blocks before the team hits the stadium there are some really fun stories i'm excited to share this one with you this is carney high football coach brandon cool why i coach YI coach podcast very happy to be joined by brandon cool the head football coach at carney high brandon thanks a lot for taking some time with us today my pleasure all right, let's start with uh, with the one that we start with for everybody. We call it the resume question. Take me back to as far as you want to go, uh, when sports became uh, an important thing in your life and uh, the steps along the way that uh, eventually lead you here to Carney High.
1: Well, I think the biggest thing is I graduated from Aurora High School in 1991 and had a great experience uh, all the way through from middle school, clear up to the high school realm of things. I had an eighth grade coach by the name of Dave Long that kind of took all the uh, eighth grade basketball guys and kind of influenced us about it's just more than just playing basketball or playing athletics and you get an opportunity to do the things the right way on and off the court. And and he was very, very positive on uh, how you're going to develop as a young man. Then obviously I got into the high school and and I was a three-sport athlete, loved football, loved basketball. Thought I was always going to be a basketball player and ended up going in the football route and the route and and then uh, participated in track. Did a little baseball in the summertime in a in a in a a town called Phillips, Nebraska, because I lived on the farm between Aurora and Phillips, and uh, just enjoyed that experience. Also, Um, probably more importantly, uh, I played for a guy by the name of Jack Gugemos. He was the head football coach in Aurora, Nebraska, for for many many years. And still speak speak to him today, especially when there's uh, good things going on at Carney or bad things that are going on at Carney. I still uh, ask for his questions or concerns about uh, uh, what can I do here or here, and, and he's a big still a big influence in my life. And I had great teachers and great coaches all the way through. Um, I uh, Rub shoulders a lot with a guy by the name of Ron Bolville. Uh, he was a defensive as a back coach and quarterback, uh, running backs coach at, at Aurora, and uh, tough, hard nosed, Italian guy. And I think that uh, really bodes well on how I coach and, and uh, how I do things here at Kearney High School. Uh, after I graduated from uh, Aurora, I played four years at uh, Doan College. Uh, what a what a great experience. Uh, during that time, I um, played college football. I was involved with a lot of different organizations on campus. And uh, one of the things that I did off campus was I was uh, involved with the Creek basketball team. And so that kind of got me in tune to the coaching realm of things. I went to college uh, as an accountant. Um, I went to I got involved with coaching high school basketball, and so I changed my major from accounting uh into math and math education. Now I'm the math teacher at Carney High School. So it's kind of a quick story from that perspective. But the guy by the name of Bob Fish was an assistant basketball coach at, at Aurora High School when I played. And then when he became the head basketball coach at Crete when I was going to Doan College, he said, Hey, why don't you come up and help volunteer? And so that's kind of where I got my taste of coaching. And uh I always thought from my coaching experience at Crete High School, I was always going to be a head basketball coach. That, that was my dream and my goal and my aspirations. I know I played college football, but my goal was always to be a high school basketball coach. And so when I graduated from Doan in 1995, I went out to a town in Western Nebraska called Sulla, Nebraska. And that was probably the best experience in my life Uh uh, get away, get out in the western part of the state where I really got to know a lot of uh, area coaches. We had great teachers and great kids at Southern Nebraska. In fact, I was there for six years. One of the toughest decisions I ever made in my professional career was to leave Southern Nebraska because the people there, the community there, uh, the student, the faculty, the administration—they um, were terrific for me, and uh, it kind of springboarded my career and uh, to get to the Class A, to get to the Class A level. So I was a assistant coach at Southern Nebraska. Uh, I was a basketball coach at Southern Nebraska for six years. Uh, I was a head coach at, uh, for three years, uh, football-wise. My last three years at Southern, I was the head football coach there and, and had terrific teams that uh, competed at a, very, at a very high level. Um, Dan Keezer at Cambridge comes to my mind when I talk about Southern Nebraska. Dan Keezer uh, is a, a Hall of Fame coach in, in the state of Nebraska, and the battles between Cambridge and Southern uh, go on forever and ever. And you talk to both of those communities, and both of those communities remember the Cambridge versus Southern uh, opportunities there. Um, I had an opportunity to rub shoulders with a guy by the name of uh, Bill O'Malley. Bill O'Malley was a head basketball coach at Southern Nebraska. He's now the head basketball coach at uh, uh, to North Platte St. Pat's. And him and I, his wife and I and and my family, we're we're still great friends to this day. And uh, there's a certain way you take care of kids. Um, You have to demand and command. I'll talk about that a lot here in this podcast. And uh, you also got to be able to take care of kids. And I think Bill O'Malley is one of the best in the state when it comes to developing relationships with young men and young women. And I learned a lot from him and rubbing shoulders with him uh, was, was a terrific opportunity. And then I came to Kearney, Nebraska in 2001. And so this is my 18th year here. Um, Had uh, had terrific kids. I love the kids we teach and coach here at Kearney High School. Um, I got involved with um, uh, the the veteran coaches. I was a young guy on staff. I was 28 years old when I got this head football job. And uh, I had the veteran staff. And that veteran staff. Uh, really made me mature and mature in a hurry. And that, I think that's what I needed at that time in my career. Um, veteran guys like Brad Archer and Tim Christo, who's been with me for forever. And I know Tim just, uh, retired here last year, but Coach Archer still part of our staff. Um, I had, uh, energetic JV and sophomore guys, uh, and uh, Daryl Tepley and and uh, Kent Chagru and a uh, Mitch Mulring. And uh, throughout the years, my staff has been pretty consistent. Uh, I bet I've probably changed uh, four or five assistant coaches in 18 years that I've been here. And so the continuity and the consistency that we have allows us to play, hopefully, at an uh, upper echelon of, of Class A athletics. Uh, after one year here, I was able to get involved with our track staff um, Uh, Roger Matheson and Steve Larson and Craig Latham were kind of the mainstays of of that football staff and uh, getting involved with other sports. I'm a big multi-sport guy. I was a multi-sport athlete. I coached multi-sports when I started at Sutherland and at Crete and at Doan College, and I'm a big multi-sport guy. And so we encourage our guys to get out for multiple things. So it was good for me to get a part of that track staff. You know just as well as I do. Football and track are great combinations, And so for me, I get to work with the big boys in the fall and then I get to work with the speed guys and the skilled guys in the spring. So from a personal standpoint, it's a great connection on how I want to operate from a coaching perspective. And then uh, obviously we've had a lot of success uh, football wise, uh, a lot of state championships from a uh, uh, track perspective. And But I think more importantly, it's the, it's, the, it's the kids that you get to rub shoulders with day in, day out the, that really become rewarding to what we're trying to do here at, at Corney High School. You develop some lifelong relationships. It's nice to talk to those kids or touch base with those kids. A lot of kids that uh, I coach clear back in one 02, 03, they're having their own families. In fact, their kids are at the upper elementaries or in the middle school level. So I'm to the point now in my career where I'm starting to coach some of the kids uh, that the, the, the the uh, children of some of the players that I, that I've coached, and so that's going to be exciting for me as as the years go by. So, uh, in a nutshell, uh, I have a wonderful experience, and I'm expecting here the next uh, fifteen to twenty years to be along the same line.
0: I want to go now that we've got all the way through that. I want to want you to go back to college and do college. Sure. How does it, uh, How does an accounting major? Uh, who just happens to have know somebody that, uh, you know, asked you to do some coaching. How does an accounting major say, yep, I want to go from accounting to math teaching uh, in the course of a couple years? You're exactly pretty easy. You talk, you talk about the courses first. Took accounting one,
1: ace it, not a big deal. Uh, my second semester of my freshman year, I took accounting two, and I'm going, man, is this what I really want to do? Um, sit at a desk sometimes and poke numbers and, and analyze that. I'm going, man, i got to be around people and, and, and associate with people. And so uh, the connection that I got with the Crete basketball program, obviously uh, learning a lot from a leadership perspective, being on the Doan football team, but uh, just being around younger kids and the influence that you can have at, at the freshman level, clear up to the senior level, at, at, at the high school level is, is huge. And uh, just to have Bob Fish, who was the head coach at that time, allow me that opportunity, and then watch him perform, prepare and perform um, was, um, uh, you know, kind of propelled me to be involved with education. And then my spring semester of my uh, uh, freshman year, I ended up changing my schedule and ended up getting into a 101, a freshman education 101 class, and really liked the instructors that, that were involved with that, and um uh, rest is history.
0: And here we are now. When you get to Sutherland, um, so you get that great experience during college and, uh, and and you get out to Sutherland, being an assistant coach before you become a head coach, because I've done this podcast a few times and, uh, and a lot of uh, guys and gals that get the first job out of college, they were a head coach first. Uh, how did that being an assistant first kind of help you become a head coach that you are now?
1: Oh, that was a terrific experience for me. Uh, and I want to uh, advise any young kid to come out of college and take a head job. That's just my experience. Now, I was only a citizen for three years, and people think I'm crazy to take the selling job or the carny job at a young age. Um, but from my, from my perspective, um, I got to work with some tremendous coaches. I worked with uh, uh, the head coach at the time was a guy by the name of Bill Cal- uh, McAllister, who's a superintendent here in the state of Nebraska. Uh, a guy that I worked with was a guy by the name of John Meyer, who's now a head baseball coach down in uh, St. Louis at a high school in St. Louis, uh, Marquette uh, High School in St. Louis. Uh, Missouri. And then another guy that uh, came in at the same time was Matt Springer, who's a principal down at that uh, Southwest uh, high school in the uh, Southwest part of Nebraska. And uh, all those guys, we had a young staff there, but coach McAllister had the college background. He was a G8 UNO. He did a variety of different things educational wise. And so I learned a lot of football from him. And I think one of the things that was very rewarding to me is as in, in high school, I played quarterback, defensive back, I played defensive back in college after my first season at Southern Nebraska, the head coach, Bill McAllister, came up to me and says, hey, you're going to move to the offensive line. And I'm going, you don't want me to do that. You <laughs> do not want me to be involved with that scenario. And so for that whole off season, I bet I wore out the carpet between my classroom and Bill McAllister's uh, elementary office, um, talking to me about how what do we got to do here, how do we block that technique stuff. And it made me kind of desi- have the desire to research and get involved with how does the whole package work together? I can handle the skilled guys because that's what I did, but I couldn't handle understanding what I what they had to do up front. And so I was an offensive line coach, and then I became the defensive coordinator at the same time. And so uh, you had to call plays defensively, and then get your offensive line. I tell you what. Uh, that was a huge learning curve for me, which has propelled me to where I'm at. Cause I coached, I've coached the offensive line from here on out. I've coached the offensive line for 20, 25 years now. And so, uh, and I'll continue to always coach the offensive line because I think that all sets the tone on how you're going to do from an educational standpoint. Um, but uh, the settlement experience uh, was, was wonderful. And just being a single guy, fresh out of college, uh, people just took care of me. And uh, like I said earlier, that was very difficult to walk into a couple of classrooms or uh, into the principal's office. Mike Troxell was the principal at the time who who was on the board of control for many years, uh, highly regarded in the western part of the state as a a tremendous person. And to tell him that I was leaving, uh, that was a tough scenario. So uh, uh, my heart uh, still sits sits in southern Nebraska many, many times, and, and we try to visit as much as we can.
0: So you mentioned the uh, the Cambridge and Sutherland rivalry. Give me a give me a good story from uh, from a Cambridge game.
1: Uh, my first year at Cambridge, uh, here's a situation. Cambridge won three state championship in the row in a row. My first year uh, at Sutherland. Again, I'm new to this experience. Um, uh, we got a, we were able to beat them at our home field and got to the semifinals. That that was a quarter, usually a quarterfinal game out in Western Nebraska at that, during that time, and uh, so we beat them. And then for the next three years, they won the state championship again. So they won six titles uh, with three, and then we beat them, and then three, and then we beat them again. Um, it's kind of the big, big uh, philosophy that I remember from the, from the Cambridge days. The nice thing about it, you develop relationships. And Dan Kieser and I, uh, we talked on the phone multiple times. Um, he, uh, he called, uh, and what, what do you see? When, when he beat us, he would, he would call and say, hey, what do, you, what do you see? What do you think we need to do to improve? And then when we beat him, I would always call him back and say, hey, what what do you see that we can make adjustments on for the semifinals that can make our program? And so even though it was competitive in between the lines on game night, you still develop those relationships that I do today with Dan, but I also do with a lot of other Class A uh, uh, coaches in the realm of things. And so uh, the Cambridge Southern game, uh, again, like I said earlier, those guys, you talk to those communities and those communities uh, talk about those games all the time.
0: It's interesting to hear you talk about, um, the networking within Class A. I've done this podcast with plenty of, uh, C and D coaches that, you know, the eight man all star game is like a big coaching clinic for the week. Like yeah. all the guys are, are gathering for that. What, uh, c- how does that, uh, communication happen with, amongst Class A?
1: yeah that's that's a great question I with geographically, we're a long ways away from each other. obviously uh, social media and, and uh, email and text messaging to each other that's a big deal. Um, the nice thing about a lot of those head coaches in Class A, they're also assistant track coaches or head track coaches. And so when I go to those track meets, we do get some, some time to kind of rub shoulders a little bit. And we talk a lot about athletics, but specifically there's some times we have, we for sure talk about football. I'm not going to lie to you on a, on a track meet night. Um, so uh, those connections, and you need to develop them. And then obviously you play them during the regular season. Um, for example, Andy Means is not a track coach, but Andy Means and I work together in the Shrine Bowl. And that's where we develop our relationship. So Andy Means and I, we spend a lot of time talking to each other. Uh, we play Millard West here tonight. Uh, Kirk Peterson is an assistant track coach. Uh, we spend time texting each other if something's going on in the Class A realm of things. And uh, we're not afraid to ask each other questions and, and try to get to, from Kirk. You always get some smart alec remark coming back once in a while. <laughs> and, that, and that's all in good fun. But, you know, when, when the game kicks off here at 7 o'clock, uh, we're going to take care of our team and Kirk's going to take care of his team. So it's the connections that you have. You've been around it. This is my 18th year, so I've been around it. So I've seen a lot of transitions. Um, you know, Fred Petito is uh, uh, kind of the icon uh, when it comes to the, uh, the years of experience. Uh, John Gingry, he's been at uh, Lincoln East uh, for many, many years. So those two guys are kind of the icons. Larry Martin's been at Omaha North longer than I have. And so uh, from a head coach perspective, I think I'm like fourth or fifth in the line of, of experience-wise. So there's been a lot of transition. And so sometimes it's difficult to to meet these new guys, especially if you haven't played them. Um, you know, for example, we haven't played Bellevue West since uh, Coach Hoffman has taken over, and uh, he's he's done a great job there. But I haven't had a connection with him. and so uh, there's some there's some room for improvement from uh, uh, from me getting a, uh, to reach out and talk to these guys.
0: You should. Uh, Mike would be a, a great talk to. He's a he's a fun yeah. guy.
1: It's thanks to you that we're where we are today. We're proud to watch these communities grow because they're our communities too. Our neighbors, our friends, it's where we live. These are all our hometowns. And no matter what, the people who will continue to serve your needs with the hometown support you know and trust are just down the street. Cornerstone Bank, growing together. Teens drink one-fourth of all alcohol sold in Nebraska. That's two times the national average. Fifth worst in the nation. But there's something proven to stop teen binge drinking. It's called parenting. And there's one parenting style that works best. Learn more about the parenting style that works against teen drinking. Talkaboutalcohol.org.
0: Take me to uh, take me to game day at at UNK for you guys. You have a, a kind of a unique uh, perspective for game day at home, uh, not at the school, but actually at UNK there at Cope Stadium. Uh, what is that like for for your guys to come out into uh, into a small college atmosphere on Friday nights? We
1: we built a new school here. We're in our third year at this brand new facility, and I get that question a lot. How come you guys don't play out here on your own turf and with your own field? And I go, well, let me tell you a story. I got. Uh, opportunities to talk to alumni, past or even present football players. And I go, guys, if you had an opportunity to play at Foster Field or play at our new facility, which is could be fantastic, and we don't have the bleachers on the east side yet, so we'd have to add to our facility to to host a, a Grand Island versus Carney game, for example. And I go, guys, what what, what, what sets, the, the, sets the difference on why you guys want to go down to Foster Field? And I would say 99.9% of our football players, past and present, would say, oh, you have to play at Foster Field. They love that environment. They love going down that college. That's where they grew up watching Kearney High School football and always had the dream of playing at Foster Field. And so I have kind of take that to heart. So with our new administration, new superintendent, principal, uh, they've asked me the same thing. Hey, we can't wait to play here. I go, now time out now. If you If we had to make a decision here today, and I know there's, there's money factors. It's, it's, it's dollars and cents once in a while. I understand that part. But from an atmosphere perspective, our kids absolutely love going down and uh, playing at Foster Field. What's one of the things that stick in your mind? Those guys love getting on that stinking yellow bus and driving eight minutes. And it is, you can hear a pin drop. You can hear a pin drop on those yellow buses. And they said, Coach, riding that yellow bus is one of the best experiences of our life. Eight-minute yellow bus ride is their great experience. And I'm going, you guys are half crazy. Um, They love it when they get close to the dorm rooms there and about a half a block away. They love the sound of the chin straps snapping on their helmets. Because you can hear a pin drop, so you hear just snap, 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 snap. And uh, I never thought about it. And so I've listened to that more and more here in the last couple years, and their ride is a wonderful experience. And then when we get down there, we get an opportunity. Uh, We used to do camp down there all the time. Now the Shrine Bowl's in town, so we always have camp week when the Shrine Bowl's there. And so you and Kay was kind of concerned about, hey, Coach Cool, we're going to try to get the Shrine Bowl here. I know you have camp down there. I go, guys, we've got to get the Shrine Bowl in Kearney, Nebraska. What a wonderful experience for the community of Kearney, to bring the Shrine Bowl in. The Shrine Bowl is one of the best organizations that we have in the state of Nebraska. I go, I think we can have camp at our own house here, so make sure we get the Shrine Bowl there. So we always go down there for speed and agility. We go down there a couple times a year just to enjoy the foster field atmosphere. I work with Josh Lynn. Um, We try to go down there for a practice during our two-a-days and just get the kids down there. But that environment is what they grew up in. And the environment is always what they wanted to play on. So hopefully that'll continue for us. Uh, we got about seven, six or seven more years down at Foster Field, and then I think both administrations are going to have to talk about uh, what we're going to do in the future.
0: So take me through. Um what your program is like? I'm a freshman. I come into uh, to those first meetings uh, probably there in May, right? To get uh, get the new students uh, start to acclimated for for the summer. Uh, what are those things in the summer you guys are working on that you uh, continue to get into once you get into August and practices? Yeah,
1: the first thing we do is we try to meet with our eighth grade, but we got two middle schools. We have a horizon and a sunrise. We try to meet with those eighth graders uh, close to the uh, end of March to the first part of April just to get the propaganda in their hand, get kind of a little bit of the outline for the summer so their parents, these kids are involved with a zillion different things. And so for us, we want to get that stuff on their calendar on on what we want to be able to take care of. So when they come in as as freshmen, uh, our expectations is everybody to be at camp here. We always have the camp at the end of May. Memorial Day is always the last Monday in May, and then we have camp Tuesday through Thursday, uh, Tuesday through Friday. And then the following week, we got to get, get into the weight room realm of things. So we open the weight room in the morning. Um, we have a couple, two or three sessions in the morning with some speed and agility, and we do some football things, some seven-on-seven seven stuff. And then in the evening, we open it up at 5 o'clock. So if they're the tassel in July or they're busy doing some other things, they still have a session to come in at, 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 in the night. Uh, our freshman program is completely separate. They practice on a different grass field. And so, you know, my goal is I try to watch them as much as I can when they play here in our own facility. I try to rub down, go down there and rub shoulders with the coaches and uh, with the players that practice every once in a while. But for the most part, our freshman guys, we have an A and a B schedule. So we're trying to get as many kids out and involved as, as we can. Then we become up with sophomores. Uh, sophomores kind of come up with our juniors and our seniors. So we try to keep our sophomore guys somewhat together. Um, There's a handful of kids that might move up to JV or might be able to travel for us varsity-wise, but we want to try to develop a tough sophomore program, a tough sophomore schedule, that it really prepares those guys for the next two years as juniors and seniors. Then once you become a junior and senior, obviously the summer aspect, we expect those guys to be uh, um, in the weight room. Uh, If you're a junior and senior, you have a little passion for the game of athletics, uh, more specifically the game of football. you got to be in the weight room. you got to do all that speed and agility, and uh, we talk about it all the time. Our best athletes have to be our best workers, and our best players have to be our best high-character guys. And so uh, you got to be able to perform and prepare. We expect our guys to prepare at a very high level. You've got to get yourself in a position strength-wise to improve. you got to get yourself in great shape. You got to be able to work on your speed and agility. And so the guys that we kind of rely on put a lot of time and effort into it just to get an opportunity to play on Friday nights.
0: Earlier you mentioned community and how important the community of Carney. there's Carney high, there's Carney Catholic, there's the university, of course. Um, the last couple of years, you've had, uh, one of the best athletes in the state and Cannon Coster. You also had Lee Harrington that was on your team that was a state champion in wrestling. Uh, both those guys are playing now at UNK, but you've got, uh, you've, the last few years, and maybe Cannon and Lee are the headline guys, but there's been a number of guys that have been, like you mentioned, those three-sport or at least dual-sport type athletes. How important has that been for the success of the football and the basketball program? You guys have been at state at the very finals here the last couple of years. From an entire athletic package,
1: that is a huge deal here. Um, I expect every one of our football players to be involved with basketball or wrestling uh, during the wintertime. Uh, I expect those guys to be involved with uh, track or soccer in the springtime. Now we got baseball added, so you're going to add another dimension to uh, to our culture here at Kearney High School. Um, and so we're we're going to uh, praise and 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 honor those two sport, more so three sport athletes here at Kearney High School because your high school career is a short is a short window here, and uh, when you get out of here. Uh, you want to make sure that you put a lot of time and effort into uh, making the right decisions on and off the court, but more importantly, make the right decisions on being involved with other activities. Don't just be a football player. Here at Don't just be a basketball player, be a multi-sport athlete. You might not be the best in football and you might be really good in basketball, but again, you got buddies that are opposite of that, that uh, a great teammates that can help you out on a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon, whenever you're playing uh, those variety of sports. So, um, you know, The Cannon Costers and the Lee Harrington of the world, they get a lot of press because they're upper echelon guys. But I'll say it and I'll continue to say it. It's the B-team freshman football player that can't chew chew gum and uh, walk properly as a freshman that is willing to go out, lift, be involved in other sports. Compete at a high level, then all of a sudden they get more and more mature. It's a maturity sport. Football is a maturity sport, so you got to hold on to these young kids. Don't let them make a decision too early about whether to give up football or not. Stay with it. Stay with it. Stay with it. Because when you become seniors, uh, it's your opportunity. And we've lived on some guys that hey, that kid's never going to play for us as a senior. That kid is never going to play for us as a senior. And then all of a sudden. Uh, that development kicks in and he grows and he lifts and he does some things. And all of a sudden he's a starter for you on Friday night. Um, Those are, those are more, there's more stories about that than the upper echelon kids that we've had come through Kearney high school. So we live and die on just a regular Joe. We have to have talent. You have to have talent to compete at the class A level. And we've had some great talent come through here. But at the end of the day, it's those backup guys or those B team guys that, put ourselves in a position to take us from being just an average to mediocre team to a good to a great team. And so um, uh, those kids are the ones that you really spend a lot of time remembering also.
0: I want you to take me back to game one. I guess this would be at Sutherland as a head coach. Uh, where were you? Uh, what were you feeling? What, uh, what was that? What was going on in the head uh, of you uh, at that time?
1: Played Arapahoe, Nebraska. One of the best grass facilities in the state. Grass was perfect. And then the next week we went to Bertrand, and uh, even a better football facility when I was there and then, and being the head football. Uh, this is when I was a head football coach, and uh, first uh, first year there in uh, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, played a rapo. We started out with a, um, started out on defense. Got a turnover right away. And the first play we ran, I think it was twenty nine or twenty eight sweep touchdown. Kicked off. Arapahoe got the ball again. Turnover. The next play, we went 999. We just launched it. Touchdown. And you got all this stuff on your card about, hey, we want to do this and this. And I looked over one of my assistants and he looked at me easy, isn't it? Being the head football coach. And I just started laughing. So the first two. Pl- First two plays I called were touchdowns. I'll never forget that. And uh, we ended up uh, we had a pretty good. We had two. We had three really good teams at Southern when I was out there, and uh, that team was um, was a quarterfinal team. We got ended up getting beat by uh, Cambridge that year. But uh, um, the first two plays I ever called went for touchdowns, and uh, those are memories I'll never forget.
0: Uh, so that's that's awesome. 18 years at Kearney, uh, three years, uh, as a head coach at Sutherland, if you could go on this Friday night and go back to, uh, the first game when you're an assistant at Sutherland, what would you tell yourself after all of this experience and the games and the championship, uh, teams and athletes that you've been around, what would you tell yourself, uh, on game night, uh, back at Sutherland?
1: Gosh, what a wonderful, what a wonderful question. Um... Jeez, that's that's a tough one. That's a that's an awesome one to talk about. Um, you know, I think my first conversation is uh, is living. I always talk about these guys living in the moment. Um, don't look for next week's game or don't worry about last week's game. Just like today, I talked to the kids this morning. We brought them in bright and early at eight o'clock this in the morning here to to get them up and out out of bed because we don't have school today because of parent teacher conferences, and um, just just relish the moment. These 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 opportunities don't come very often. And so being a young guy, clear back in 1995, um, go out there. We always talk about it as we want you to prepare and perform. We want you to prepare to the best of your ability all week long. But now it's time to perform. Pin your ears back. Let's rock and roll. Let's have a great amount of fun here tonight. So do it together. Uh, you got to do it as a team game. It's the ultimate team game. And so do it together. But, guys, we practice all week long. Now we just want you to turn it loose on a Friday night.
0: It should be a lot of fun, uh, Coach. Thanks a lot for the time. Best of luck to you and the uh, and the Bearcats the rest of the year.
1: Thank you for your coverage. What a wonderful experience to be a part of that podcast.
0: Again, thanks so much to Coach Cool for his time during the season and, and all of our coaches that make time for us during this season. Uh, we're very appreciative of everything that we get to do with our coaches for Strive Schools and uh, excited always to share some of those fun stories. And thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in for another edition of Why I Coach on StriveSports.com.